man, that Christmas hallelujah song. God, I'm like, <laughs> so I got to keep myself together here. I mean, it's not a bad reason to cry, right? I mean, Jesus is so great. Okay, so as you see tonight, it's just going to be a Christmas devotion. And, um, you know, I want us to take a moment to reflect on what Christmas is all about, right? I mean, and, and I don't think, the, the, I think the moment is captured so well in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, where it says, this is, this is it, this is, this is it. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You know, when Isaiah wrote chapter 9, it's when the people of God were basically living in in some pretty dark times. It it just seemed that everything was just kind of going wrong for them. Things weren't adding up. Everything was kind of dim, ratherly, kind of hopeless. In fact, it was so bad. At the end of chapter 8, right before chapter 9, it ends with this verse. It ends in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. Pretty bad. And in some ways, I think we can kind of relate, especially what's going on in our world. I mean, when you look around, there is a lot to get discouraged by. There is a lot to worry about. There is so much to be angry over and fearful for. You know, there's just, it just, there's just so much to get caught up in and disgusted by and, and feel defeated by. So as we go back to this text where God's people are dealing then, God's people of the text were dealing with oppression, dealing with constant the th- threat of death, dealing with the reality of war and bloodshed. To help them overcome this horridness, Isaiah wrote chapter 9 to give them hope. But what is interesting is that the hope that he gives is not found in man's politics. It's not found in philosophies. It's not found even with looking within. No, the hope that he gives is is God's answer to all of the world's problems. And he speaks of Jesus, the one whom we are celebrating tonight and tomorrow and hopefully forevermore. So, For when they looked at this, God gave them hope, joy, freedom, and victory through them looking forward to Christ's coming. And we now today, in our current state of life, when we read this text, we we, we now have all that hope, joy, and freedom, and victory through seeing that Christ has come. Since he has 
come, we don't need to get caught up in all of the gloom of the world, just like they didn't need to get caught up in the gloom of the world at that time because they knew Jesus was coming. So let's see then how he describes this Savior in whom we worship and adore. Well, he says, for us, a child is born. To us, a child is given. And and, and Isaiah is pointing out here that God, out of his grace and mercy, saw us in our helpless estate. And he gave to us a savior. We weren't even asking for it. He gave it. But not just any savior. He gave us his son to do something we could never, ever do. For he says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. Meaning that this God-given son out out of his grace shall be the one who shall bear the burden of ruling and keeping the governmental law. It will be on his shoulders, not ours. He is the one that will fight for us. He is the one who will bring us through all the trials and the hardships. He is the one who will provide all that we need by his power. For the law will be a burden upon him and not upon us, For we will be free through trusting in his name. It will be upon his shoulders, the government, of ruling and law-keeping. Not us. Isaiah continues and says, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Jesus is the one who is able to deal with all your personal problems to the most brutal down to the most simple. He is the one who has all the answers and he is the one who makes all the things work for our good even though we are messing up as we go. For he is our wonderful counselor. He's bringing out the best in our worst. And how can he do such a thing? How could he bear the burden of of this governmental law of God? How can he make all things work out for our good when we mess up so bad? Isaiah states that this is possible because he is the mighty God. He is the God incarnate. He is born as a human. He is truly God and truly man, Jesus. For though he came in a a lowly human nature, he has the power of God to do these things because he is God. The second person of the Trinity, God the Son. So he can do all things to make sure the wonders of God's blessings and victories and joy and freedom will happen to you in this world and in the next. He is also called the Everlasting Father, meaning he truly cares for you. He knows every tear you shed and he is concerned And he knows all of the concerns of your heart that you're trying to hold on to. He is not a cold God who is standoffish, but a God who knows you by name and loves you because he wants to love you. Jesus loves you because he just loves you. Not because of anything that you can do, but simply because he wants to. Even though you fail him much. He wants to keep and will keep his fatherly love upon you for all of eternity, all through faith in him. He loves his repeat offenders. 
Then lastly, is called the Prince of Peace. And this means that Christ is the source of all peace. Now follow me here. True peace means all that happens to you will prosper you. Not in a worldly sense, but in a godly one. For through trusting in Christ alone, he is the prince of peace, right? This means the peace that he gives means all that happens to you will only prosper you before God. We can live in peace knowing we have peace with God through faith in Christ and He is constantly prospering you to know Him more and more. Prospering you to know His love more and more. Prospering you to be conformed to the image of Christ more and more no matter what happens to you. Though our physical bodies will break down, though our mental capacities will diminish, though our situations may become more harsh and more brutal, we can be at peace knowing that God is using it all to prosper us to know Him. He is the Prince of Peace. So in verse 7, when he says, of his government and of his peace, there will be no end to establish it and and uphold it with justice and righteousness this time forth and evermore. Isaiah is saying that this is a fact, not just some ideology that we hope in, but a fact that Christ will get this all done for us, despite how bad we are simply by having faith in Christ. He will do all the work necessary. He will be the one who sustains it. Not you, not me. Christ came into this world to do it all. And we get it all simply by faith in Him. He does all the work and we get all the blessing. For in Christ there is true peace and rest for our souls. And to drive this in even more, to really just kind of push it upon you, he says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah is saying, by God's power, God himself, by his grace, will do this. As the kind of the, like the old movie of the Ten Commandments where the Pharaoh, the original Ramses, says, so let it be written, so let it be done. Because God said it, it's going to be done. This is why we can have peace. This is why we can have joy. This is why we can live with true hope because even though we do not deserve it, God will do it nonetheless for you and I. So this is what gave the people that Isaiah was writing to hope, to look forward to. How much more then, knowing that Christ came and actually did it, 
Should we be filled with joy and hope and peace and comfort even though there's much distress in this world? I would think we could say much. So tonight and tomorrow, rejoice and take rest and speak of the hope that you have in Christ and know that whatever comes about you, I don't care how hard or how brutal or how awkward or strange it is, Know that Christ has already overcome it and he has already taken care of it. And, for, and through faith in him, your sins are now forgiven and you have all the love and favor and God upon you forevermore despite your performance before him. And trust me, it's not as good as you think it is. But Christ has come, so Christmas, let it be a time of rejoicing that our Savior has come to save us and keep us saved to the bitter end. So Merry Christmas. Amen? Amen. Let us go and let's sing to the Lord.